You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. We're starting a new series here today called Watch God Bless, okay? Now, the way I present this, I pray, is different than any other way you've ever heard this before, okay? So everybody take a deep breath in. Go ahead, deep breath. Let me hear it. Let me see it. All right, good. All right, now everybody say this word, money. Now everybody say, oh, no. Everybody say, he's not talking about money, right? Everybody say, get me out of here quick, all right? No, see, I hate the way that some pastors and churches talk about money. They make it all about money. You're there for a 20-minute announcement every week about money. I want to let you know that if you've come to our church, I hardly ever talk about money. I want to let you know if you come to our church that the average time we talk about money in any given service is between 12 and 15 seconds. We let you know how you can give, what's going on, and we move on, and we keep going. But here's why I really feel I'm supposed to talk about this today, because I have seen just in my interactions with people in this last season, so many people struggling in this area, so many people hurting when it comes to finances. And I just felt as I was talking with some different people that I trust, some, some people kind of randomly came up to me in the last six months or so, people that I trust and respect and just said, Doug, you should probably think and talk talk about, uh, about money and talk about how we use money and talk about what it's all about and how we honor God with it and how we're careful with it. And, and so, you know, just praying about that, I felt like it's something that can be really, really helpful. And I just want to say, so many of you guys are living this. So many of you guys are so incredibly generous. You are blessed. You are, you are already living and breathing this. Our church exists, like Pat just said, uh, and is able to do the things that we do in so many different areas because of the generosity of the people. But man, maybe you're here today and you're like, I, I've never heard money talked about in church. Or maybe you're like, oh man, I've seen the movies or the TV shows or I know the stereotypes and I don't quite know what to expect. But, but here we are in the middle of a struggling economy. Here we are with Pop-Tarts all the way up to oil costing way more than they used to even a year ago. Here we are with some people out of work. Um, Some people maybe have come to a point where you're just struggling to make wise spending decisions. Maybe some people here had a horrible experience at a church in the past in regards to this. And that's why I'm always gun shy to talk about this stuff because I just never want to push anybody away as we talk about this. But at the same time, it's just one of the most important things I think that we could talk about right here and right now. There's young people to old people in the room that I think God just wants to say something to us about this today. Um, Some of you guys are like, I so didn't need this today, Doug. I needed something else. I woke up depressed. My marriage is falling apart or my parents are driving me crazy or my kids are driving me nuts or I'm stressed at work. I don't need this, okay? And I want to just remind you today what a giver God is. Like whatever you came in here with, whatever need you walked in with today, I just want to let you know God is such a giver. In fact, I want you to see a few things today that I think are going to be way more important than just talking about money. You see, today we're going to see that money isn't just a money issue, it's a heart issue. We're also going to discover a link between anxiety and money stuff. Not all anxiety goes back to money stuff, but a lot of anxiety goes back to money stuff. And we're going to see what Jesus has to say about this. We're also going to see and just be reminded, I think one of my jobs as a pastor is not just to tell you what you want to hear. It's to kind of hold up warning signs once in a while and say, hey, you're headed for something dangerous. And for all of us here in 2022, American way of life, most of us hearing my voice right now are in the top 10% of the world financially, even though it doesn't feel like that certainly right now. I have to sometimes hold up warning signs and say, watch out, because sometimes, often, money and the stuff that it can get us is a trap. 
And when we live for it ultimately, man, just like sex, like we talked about last week, everyone's like, wait, we talked about sex last week? Yeah, if you missed that, okay, check out the podcast. We talk about what we think about, the things that we do with our body, the way we honor God. I'm like, why not just talk about two controversial things two weeks in a row? It'd be wonderful, right? But as we talked about that, we saw that sex is this beautiful gift that God has given that when mishandled or misused destroys pretty much everything. And really, money can be thrown right in there as well. It's a God-given thing that when we misuse it, man, what a mess it can make. And so God has a lot to say about it. And again, I just want to just you know, squash everybody's fears that I'm this like, money-hungry guy. We're this money-hungry church. It's all about this. Like, that is so not living word church. Um, most years, I don't even do a message on giving. Most years, okay? We're in the middle of a capital campaign. We're trying to raise money for a building, so I have to talk about it a little bit more than normal. But man, this is so out of character for our church because, again, we know the stereotypes, so we want people to not be pushed away by it. But at the same time, mishandling of it can destroy so much. And I don't want you to miss what God could do in the middle of even a message like this. One of my favorite stories in the last two decades of ministry is a guy came into our church I happened to be doing a message on money. This has got to be 10 to 12 years ago. And the guy left that night crying, not because I was talking about money. He left that night because God showed up. In the middle of a message on money, God showed the, the love he had for this young man. The God showed him the, the message of truth of a Savior that has come to rescue us, uh, a giving God, a God who is sacrificial, a God who gave himself, and he left knowing Jesus that night and never being the same and never looking back. And that's what God could do in the midst. So I want to let you know today, if you're walking in like, this is not what I need to hear today, Doug. Maybe it is, but along with that, even if it's not, Man, God can meet you right where you are in the midst of what we're talking about here today as well. So in the scriptures, we're going to find some themes today, okay? The, the first thing is spend wisely. Everybody say spend wisely. You see, I'm not just asking you for something today, okay? I want you to see today how important it is that we spend wisely. You know, I talk with couples all the time. One of the number one conflicts in a marriage is money, isn't it? It's how we spend and what we do and what we don't do and all that. And it, it comes up in just so many areas of our life. And, and so many of us are in so much debt. And again, some of that, and I'll address this, some of that's out of our control today. Some of it, again, we're living in a crazy time and we worked without work for a season. We got several kids in college. We've got like so many things happen that are out of our control. Okay, so you are not going to get guilted into anything today, but man, we've got to learn to spend wisely. King Solomon said something about this. He says in Proverbs 21, 20, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Okay, so he's saying, in other words, don't eat everything you have today because what are you going to eat tomorrow, right? Like, like don't use every resource you have today because there is tomorrow to think about. Now listen, there's a balance in this and we're going to see that God provides for us and we're going to see that in just a minute. But that doesn't mean that we're foolish in our using of what we have today, okay? We trust God for tomorrow. There's new bread for tomorrow. We're going to get there. But at the same time, we're not going to drain our savings account or drain our checkings account, or, right? Just because we want to go get something that we really want. That's something shiny, something that caught our attention, right? That so often leads to a bad place. There's a better way. Now, in the same breath, if you or I have gotten ourselves into financial trouble, 
trouble, we have a great God who comes through. We have a great God who does miracles. If you're sitting here today going, oh no, I made a really bad investment or I spent everything I had or I had no ability to control and now I'm in big financial trouble, we have a God who provides over and over and over and over again. He comes through in incredible, incredible ways. But that doesn't mean we have to put ourselves into a bad situation again, you know? It is a better way. It's too stressful. It breaks apart too much. So I want to just take us to something Jesus says here. He was talking about how following him is countercultural at times. He, he was talking about how it might cost us a relationship or an opportunity or something like that. And he made this statement in Luke 14, 28. He says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? What's Jesus saying? He's saying, make sure you have what you need before you go and spend it all, right? Like, be wise. Don't spend what you don't have. Make sure that you are careful in how things are going out. Listen, of course there are times where the car breaks down, the termites infest, and the cesspool fails, okay? That month happens. That was called the month of April 2022 in the Jansen household, okay? Literally, we had the car in the driveway. Cade comes running in. Dad, there's green stuff all over the driveway. I'm like, oh, great. There's green all over the driveway, right? And that's thousands of dollars of repair. Then we start to see some termites walking around in the main floor of the house. I go down into the basement. No one's ever going to want to come to my house again. I open the door. It was like our horror movie. There was a swarm of termites in our basements. It was, I've never seen anything like it except literally in a horror movie. It was terrible. And uh, along with that, we then had our cesspool back up into our basement. This is all the same month. It was wonderful. You guys, thank you for April 2022. But man, sometimes that's just life. We did not overspend that month because I wanted this, that, or the other, or Kelly had to have this thing from the store, right? Like, life fell apart. Sometimes we're without work. Sometimes things go nuts. And man, God is gracious to provide for us in those times, but I have to sometimes hold up the warning sign and say, but, but spend wisely, because sometimes it wasn't the cesspool and it wasn't the termites, it was just I wanted something that I couldn't afford, and I got myself into some trouble, right? So Jesus says, before you build the tower, count the cost. Now listen, the Jansen family didn't want to build a tower, but we wanted to build a fence, okay? In our backyard, we have a dog. He loves to run. We wanted a fence. Uh, there are deer in our neighborhood. They love to carry ticks, and my family has gone through a lot with Lyme disease. We love to keep them out. And so I start to get some estimates a few months ago. And so I'm getting all these estimates. The first estimate, I was like, oh, guess what we are not getting a fence. That's crazy expensive right now. Even the wood, the wood fences are more expensive than the metal fences and the vinyl fences right now. It's crazy. And so I'm thinking, well, this isn't just going to happen until I met my fence, my fence angel, Anthony, from Brooklyn, okay? Uh, I didn't know that there were fence angels. Apparently there are. Uh, my fence angel, Anthony, came out, and he gave us this unreal estimate. Like, I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? Like, I was waiting for him to say it was like a virtual fence or it was like in the metaverse or something. But... This was real, apparently. And so I'm all excited. I'm like imagining my backyard where my dog can roam free. And we don't have to worry about ticks and deer eating all our stuff. And I'm just so excited about it that we have Anthony the Fence Angel coming on Monday at 11 to get, you know, take the deposit and this, that, and the other. And Monday at 5 a.m., I wake up and I start emailing myself. I'm a self-emailer all the time, especially early in the morning, you know. I'm just, I email myself several emails. Doug, do not do this. Do not have Fence Anthony Angel Guy come over today. You cannot afford it. It's a good deal. That doesn't mean you can afford it. 
You're going to be miserable, Doug. Don't do it. The deer stink. I know the dog. We got to walk him on the leash. It's a pain. You know, so yeah, winter's coming. It would be great to just let him out the back door and all that. But, Doug, it's just not worth it. And so I called fence angel Anthony Guy and said, bro, we just can't do this right now. I'm so sorry. Hopefully soon, but we can't do it right now. Listen, within the week of making that phone call, uh, our chimney that comes off the oil burner basically imploded on itself and our dryer went down. So 2,700 bucks out like that, like two things we didn't see coming. If I had gone ahead with that fence, I don't think fence angel Anthony would still be living. Like I would have been hands around his neck, like give me my money back, right? Like thank God that in that moment when I really wanted, I just, and I'm not taking any credit, man. I'm telling you, God woke me up at 5 a.m. that morning and said, Doug, you don't have this money. Maybe someday, great, but not today. And man, I'm telling you, every day since I canceled that fence order, even before the chimney implosion, I was walking around going, oh, I can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe today. I can breathe because we didn't, we didn't implode our finances, though the chimney imploded. We didn't implode ourselves. Man, thank God, because I've been there. I've been the guy who's, oh, no, we can do it, and we squeak by, and suddenly I'm stressed, and I'm angry at my kids, and I'm angry at my wife, and I'm cranky, and I'm... I just bought something I shouldn't have bought. And again, sometimes it's out of our control. Sometimes we can't help it. But man, I want to tell you, if that's where you are, there is a God that comes through. There's a God that provides. There's a God who helps you figure out how to pay for the termites and the cesspool that backed up and the trier that broke. But man, spend wisely. Spend wise. Everybody say spend wisely. I pray we carry that. There's a freedom that comes with that, that God wants for you and I, Okay. But again, if you're stuck, also know that there's a God who gives generously. There's a God who comes through amazingly. We here at the church, as I talk about giving today and I talk about money today, know that weekly we're helping people within this church that come and say, we're in trouble. Okay, well, what can we do to help? How can we help you? We're not going to watch anybody lose their house. We're not going to watch anybody lose their, you know what I mean? Like we, we're here to give. We're here to help. And, and we see what God's given us as an extension of what we can go ahead and give back to people who are really struggling because they've gone through some awful circumstances. Throughout the pandemic, we were able to help tons of people who are without work. Like, praise God. Like, that's what a church is supposed to do, isn't it? Right? And so what a, a wise thing Jesus says, spend wisely. Solomon says, spend wisely. Count the cost. Don't go crazy getting a whole lot of stuff that you can't afford. Man, you're going to regret that. You know, the word mortgage in the Greek, it actually means death grip. I'm not making that up. It actually means death grip. Because the scripture says, right, the, the borrower becomes slave to that lender, right? And I got a mortgage, and I'm not like up here saying, oh, yeah, you got to pay cash for everything when we'd be living in the woods, right? But, but there's wisdom in just going, okay, I'm going to sit back. And that trust. And if you're in a spot right now, know that there's a great God that provides. Okay, so everybody say spend wisely. All right, second thing. Everybody say give generously. All right, cool. Matthew 6, Jesus, let's dig into this passage. It's a beautiful passage. And we're going to see here how so much of our anxiety is linked to, to, to heart issues around money. Look at what Jesus says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus is saying this very simply. If you make your life about what you can get and acquire here, you will be disappointed. There's, a better, there's something better to live for. There's something else to, to, to really store up. Um, how many of you guys, just raise your, your hand real quick, if you've thrown something out or had something stolen that you once really liked, okay? Just raise your hand real quick, right? It's all of us, right? Um, see, this is what happens to all of our stuff. 
either the moths are going to eat it or somebody's going to take it or we're going to just go ahead and discard it of ourselves, right? You know, that thing that we couldn't wait for, we saved, right? We, we like did everything we could to scrape together the finances to get that thing. We were so passionate about it. It's crazy how quickly treasure turns to trash, isn't it? over time. Um, it's awful to have something stolen. It's awful to have that feeling of something breaking, but man, it just happens. Um, so I have a symbol here on the stage for you. So I'm a drummer. I love drumming. Um, when I was a kid, I would drum for hours a day. I can't drum nearly like I used to, but man, um, getting a new symbol was it for me, okay? Like, I, if I got a new symbol, I would save my money. I'd ask for it for my birthday or for Christmas. And if I got a new symbol, it was just the best. I'd put that thing up there. I, would, I had symbol polish. I'd polish the symbols. I'd take care of them. I'd take pictures of them. Like, I love my symbols, okay? And um, this is what happens, though, over time with a symbol, okay? Now, I like to play pretty hard, but this is what's gonna happen. It's just a symbol. Let the symbol be a symbol of everything in our lives that at one point has our affection and we're just drawn in and wow, isn't this amazing? And, right, this is so often what happens either that thing that we loved and we saved for and sometimes we haven't even paid off yet before it's stolen or broken ends up in the trash or in somebody else's hands. And so let the symbol be a symbol of what Jesus is saying here. We make it all about now and here. Man, things break and things are taken. Spend wisely. Give generously. He says, do not, I'm sorry, so don't lay up treasures here on earth. But he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither the moth nor the rust destroys and where your thieves do not break in and steal. So there's an, a way that we can store up treasure in heaven. Now, we're not great at delaying gratification in our culture and in our world. We're just not. I'm not great at it, and probably most of us in the room aren't. We want it now. Microwave, we want to download. We're like, nobody's buying Blu-rays or CDs anymore, right? Even if you have a Blu-ray player or a CD player, and if you know what I'm saying, uh, what those are, then talk to your parents. But um, we want to download instant, stream it. If, I was on a website yesterday. I was checking out a buddy's church, and I hit the like, play button just to listen to his message. It didn't load in three seconds. I was like, I got no time for this. You know what I mean? Like, that's our world. That's our world, right? But, man, Jesus is saying that there's this storing up somewhere else for another time in a way that's going to be more worth it. What does he say? He says, live for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then it goes on, for where, and this is, this is so powerful, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Doesn't it seem like that should be flipped? It seems like wherever my heart is, that's where my treasures will be. Listen to what Jesus says. He, he flips it on its head. He's saying that wherever your treasure is, your heart follows it. Like I would think, no, 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 wait, shouldn't the treasures follow my heart? Like, oh, I know what I want. Now I'll build treasure around that. He's saying that your heart ends up being owned by your treasures, not your treasures being owned by your heart. Wow. So if I'm treasuring up things here and now, my heart is about these moments and this time and what I can get. And maybe some of its status is my lawn greener than my neighbor's lawn, right? Is my car shinier and newer than my coworkers or my friends at school, right? Like there's this whole kingdom thing, this whole heart thing. See, money is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Maybe some of our hearts are sick today because of money and stuff. Maybe some things have fallen apart in our lives because of money and stuff. My treasure is stored up here. My heart will be here. But if my treasures are stored in heaven, my heart's going to follow. You see that? Now, some of you are like, but Doug, how does that work? How can you physically be here, but your heart 
is in heaven, supposedly? Is it like floating on a cloud? Is it playing a harp, you know, without arms? Like, how is this happening? Well, uh, let me tell you a story, and I hope that this helps you see what Jesus was trying to say. So before I came to Living Word, I was a youth pastor at a church in Northport. Awesome church, wonderful church, still love the church today, and, and grew up there. It was beautiful. Um, but I was on staff there, and um, 2001, God clearly led Kelly and I to come here to Living Word. I walked into the pastor's office. I said, hey, I think that God's leading us to go start a youth group at Living Word Church. And I said, I'm happy to stay as long as you need me. I will help transition. I'll help train the next person you hire. Totally fine with that. And the pastor looked back at me and said something that totally shocked me. And I think he used a lot of great wisdom. And what he said to me was, Doug, I think you should be at the new church within the month. And I, I was like, what? And, and he wasn't doing this out of anger. He said, your heart is already there. Your heart's already there. You, you already have vision for it. You're excited for it. You're passionate. It's already there. So do you see how my body, right, could be in the one church, but my heart was already in the other? And that's the same that Jesus is trying to say here. Oh, Doug, your passions, your heart, what you live for, what you will think about and dream about and pursue and the things that you will do are all about where you're making that treasure, where you're allowing that passion to be. Your body can be in one place and your heart can be in another. Your body can be in one place and your treasure can be in another, so to speak, right? So Jesus is saying, okay, you can make it all about here and now, but there's this whole kingdom thing. There's this whole Jesus thing. There's this whole salvation thing. And man, what a better thing to invest in than just what we can get here and now. This doesn't mean we can't ever buy something nice. Doesn't mean we can't ever go do something fun. Doesn't mean we can't try to make our grass green and right, like all that stuff. But man, what does it mean to store up our treasure in heaven? What does it look like? I think it's using our influence and our time and our passion. And Jesus is making clear here our finances to really push the kingdom of God forward. Jesus says this in verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. Okay, he uses this illustration. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, excuse me, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What's he saying here? He's saying this wordplay, you see the, the good eye represents generosity and the bad eye represents stinginess and jealousy, okay? And I love that it says that if your eye is healthy, your, what does it say? Your whole body will be full of light. This is what I love about this this preaching on, this teaching that Jesus brings us on finances. Because with us, especially in our culture right now, man, we don't realize the grip that finances and money and stuff have on us. Like we don't recognize that maybe our desire to have is poisoning a lot more than just our checkbook or our, or our do-haves or don't-haves. Like if your eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. I think God's wanting to bless every area of our life as we're generous and open-handed with the things that God has given to us. And again, I want to encourage you guys. So many of you are this. So many of you are this. So many of the reasons why we could help people that were unemployed during the pandemic was because you reached out and said, hey, I know somebody lost their job. I'm going to give X amount of dollars to them. Just deliver it. Don't even tell them who did it. What? Like So many of you so faithful. Our building fund is what it is today because of so many of you are week to week. Like you guys are living this, right? And, and our desire as a church is, man, let's just keep growing in this. I think what Jesus is saying here is our generosity positively impacts every area of our lives. 
every area of our lives. Okay, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says, for he will hate the one and love the other. He'll be devoted to the one and despise the, the other. You cannot serve. Everybody say serve. Serve God and money. Okay, you can have God and money in your life. That's not an issue. Remember, God gave us money and the ability to make it, right? But we cannot serve it. When now I'm trying to serve both God and money, there's a problem. When I'm trying to serve God and the stuff that money can get me, I'm going to be in trouble. And now here is where we find this link between finances and anxiety. You ready? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I love this. He uses this beautiful illustration. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Yesterday, without even thinking about the message, I just happened to be distracted by this because I live a, fa a fascinating life. I was looking in my yard and I saw about 100 birds flying from one neighborhood to the next. You know, one my neighbors, then to my trees and back and forth and back and forth. I told you, very fascinating life I live. But I'm just watching this and then it hit me. I'm like, wow, like this is the verse. Because they would stop between and they'd go down to my yard and they'd go down to the neighbor's yard and they would grab the food that they needed and the stuff that they needed and keep going. I'm going, there it is. Like, are we not more valuable? Guys, the birds are eating. We're going to eat. God loves us so much more than the birds that fly through the air. He's going to provide for us. Listen, some of you guys came into church today, and you're, you're, you're just so sad. You're so anxious. You're, you're so broken up because, man, there's a weight of financial just uh, heaviness all over you. And I just want to remind you the giving God that, that God is. And listen, some of you guys are going, but, Doug, I didn't spend wisely. Yeah, but isn't, and again, don't, don't use this as an excuse to make a stupid decision in the future, but isn't the whole message of Jesus is that he's good to us even when we're not good? Like that he's gracious to us even when we've made the worst mistakes? This is one of the hardest areas I've had to forgive myself in and say, okay, I can ask God to come through right now because, man, I, I, maybe I made a dumb mistake in the past and I bought something I shouldn't and it put our family into some trouble. And wait, but, but God, like, you do this with all my sin, right? So, so don't use that as an excuse going forward. I'm going to go get the Camaro now because, right? Like, no, 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 no. Be wise. Don't, don't put yourself in that. Death grip, right? But, man, if you're in that spot now, we have a great God who comes through. He's so generous and he's so good, isn't he? He says, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? So we see this link between some, not all anxiety, but some anxiety and the way that money is handled. But he says, don't worry about that stuff. It's not going to add anything to your life. In fact, it's going to take away. He says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Flowers are looking beautiful. Guys, they're clothed. We're going to be clothed. We're going to have the things that we need. And then I love this. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, who were Gentiles? They, they were people that didn't follow God back in Jesus' day. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Jesus is looking at you and I today, everybody, okay? And he's saying, don't live like people who don't know me. Like, don't live like people who... Don't realize there's a provider, an amazing God in their life. Don't live like people who don't know me. And here it is, beautiful kicker verse. Love this so much. 
And sometimes we, we say this verse about many things, but man, it's in the context of, of our handling finances. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What a beautiful promise God gives us. Seek God first, honor him with the way we spend and give, and he's going to give us everything that we need. All those things will follow us. We don't have to worry about that stuff. We can spend wisely, we can give generously, and we can watch God bless. We can spend wisely, we can give generously, and we can watch God bless. And this is the pattern that we see in Scripture. Throughout the Scripture, you see that people were called to spend wisely, and they were called to bring some finances to the church or the temple to do the work of God and forward the kingdom of God and the things that he was doing. But the question, I guess, for some of us is, how do we store up that treasure in heaven? Like, what does it look like to give generously. Well, I think that the Bible is really clear on this. I think that there's really two things. There's the tithe and the offering. Everybody say tithe. Everybody say offering. Okay, cool. Those were the least repeated things I've ever had you say today. Great job. Yeah. Tithe on the Cool. All right, now tithe. What's a tithe? Tithe literally means a tenth. So if I make a hundred bucks, I give ten. If I make a thousand bucks, I give a hundred, right? The cool thing about that is because everybody's on the same giving plane. Like, it's not about like, oh, this guy made so much and gave so much. No, to God, it's all that percentage, right? It's all what God has led us to do. And, and, and it's an equal carrying of the weight of what God's calling us to do as a church. It's an equal sharing of, okay, wow, we care a lot about what our church is doing. We care about the hope of Jesus being carried to the community. And let's carry this weight together. 10% to tithe. It's simple. If I make a dollar, I give 10 cents, right? Like, whatever it is. And then there's the offering, and this is over and above the tithe, and this is when God puts on our heart to give towards something. And again, so many of you guys are so incredible with this. I just can't thank you enough. Some of you guys are given to the new building fund. Many, many are given to that. The grocery ministry, Soundview pregnancy to come along at-risk pregnancies, international justice mission to rescue kids out of the sex trade. This is what our finances are going toward, everybody. Operation Christmas Child to send toys around the world. Again, I brought up already, some of you guys see a need in the church and you meet it. You just go out of your way to come alongside somebody and care for them. It's just incredible. So let me hit some objections because I know that if I'm sitting in the seat today, I have questions running through my mind right now, okay? And again, I just pray this is coming off humbly. I pray you see my heart in this. I pray you see our church's heart in this. But some of you guys are thinking objection number one. So now i got to give 10% of my money plus these offerings and this and that and the other. Well, let me just address that, okay? For starters, God has given us the 100%, hasn't he? Like, God has given us the 100%. In fact, I was kind of thinking about this during the third song. I probably should have just been worshiping, but this thought just hit me. Like, here we were singing, right? Uh, something about, it's a new song, so I'm going to mess up the words. But it's the breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, right? And as I was thinking about the message, I was thinking, uh, we could sing, it's the dollars in my wallet, so I pour it all out. Like, it's like, it's like you, you put the oxygen in my lungs in the first place, and I'm just going to breathe some back to you, right? And in the same way, we should change the lyrics. Second, second service, we'll, we'll, we'll have Andrew change the lyrics. Um, but we, we, we just pour back out what God's already poured into us, right? Like, think about it. Like, who else has said, let me give you the time of abilities and resources for 100% to come in and just give me 10 back? Wow, what an awesome thing that God's called us to do. Another thing is I think this is a get-to and not a have-to. Like, Jesus has changed my life. And if I can honor him with areas of my life that are going to bless him back, then what an awesome thing I get to be a part of. This is a get-to and not a have-to. Jesus, you've done so much for me. If I get to give 10% back so that your message can go out further and you can reach people, 
then man, I'm in on that. I'll, I'll do that joyfully. I think about this too, and maybe this will be a big reliever for you. Listen, everybody look me in the eye real quick. You're not just giving to the church. Who wants to give to the church, right? Listen, you know what you're giving to? There's zero to four-year-olds down this hall right now learning about the name of Jesus. Down the other hall, there's four to 11-year-olds learning about Jesus being loved on by our children's staff right now, hearing about a Savior, hearing about forgiveness. On Friday nights, up the street at our new property, that building gets overtaken by 6th through 12th graders who really need to know that they're loved, really need to know that there's a Savior who loves them and there's people who are for them, that there are people who care about them, that can mentor them, that can pour into their lives. We have a college ministry that meets on Wednesday nights so that these college students can get their feet and their footing from something that's a strong foundation and not just what culture is trying to tell them to live for, right? We've got a men's ministry and a women's ministry. We've got counseling support that goes to kids, that goes to young, uh, young adults, that goes to marrieds, that goes to divorcees, that goes to retirees, right? We've got one-on-one mentoring, people coming alongside one another. We're feeding our community through the grocery ministry every single Wednesday. We're helping support church plants so other churches are starting so that more people can be reached on Long Island and beyond. We're supporting missions. We're spreading the life and hope of Jesus throughout our community. And guys, lives are being changed. So we did our baptism service two weeks ago now, I think it was. And most of you go to the morning service, clearly, here you are. There was a guy who got baptized at the night service and I asked if I could read his testimony. This is what he says. I was raised in a Christian family. My mom used to take me to church every Sunday, but I didn't know God. As I got older, I started to get drunk and was addicted to weed. I couldn't keep myself out of trouble. In the beginning of 2020, I got in some serious trouble. I was facing consequences all on my own. Nobody believed in my innocence, not even my own family. I needed hope. January 6, 2022, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Jesus has taken my drug and alcohol addiction, and I'm here to be baptized and give my life completely to God. That is given to the church. Who wants to give to the church? We're given to that. We're given that new hope would come. Then people would find the love of Jesus. I mean, that's what it's about. Now, some of you guys have another objection. You're going, but I've tried this giving thing before, and it wasn't like a magic tree appeared in my backyard and started dropping money, right? Like, I've tried this before. Okay, listen, I think that we treat money different than we treat everything else. Think about it. If I woke up today and I was really sad about something, I wouldn't say, oh, forget God. I'm not going to trust him with this sadness. I would be bringing him my sadness. God, I need your help. If I woke up today and my marriage is in trouble, I wouldn't just be giving up on my marriage. I'd be going, Jesus, save my marriage, rescue my marriage. If I woke up today and I was divorced and my heart was broken and I needed God to put the pieces back together, I wouldn't just say, forget you, God, I'm going to do this on my own. But for some reason, right, even though all those other areas of our lives get tested, for some reason when it comes to finances, you know, we, we tithe or we begin to give an offering and something happens and we get tested in that area. It's like, oh, see, I knew this wasn't going to work, Right? Like in every area of our life, there are times of ups and downs. There are times of testings. And there's times where God says, no, keep trusting me. Keep trusting me. Watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to do. Another objection. Isn't tithing an Old Testament thing? Isn't that like an old law thing? Let me hit that real quick. And this is some of you guys, might, this, this might fly over your head. I'm happy to talk more about it. I'm trying to get this done quickly and concisely. But, but the first tithe was given before the law was given. Okay? There was this... Uh, giving of, wow, thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done. Then the law came in the Old Testament, and the tithe came along with that, repeated through the giving at the temple and all that, okay? But I love that Jesus affirms the tithe in the New Testament. So 
there were these religious leaders and Jesus went up to them and he said, you know, you guys tithe perfectly, but you don't love the justice and holiness of God. And he says this, I wish you would love both. I wish you would do both. He doesn't say stop tithing and love just the, the justice of God. He, he says, I wish you would do both. And then Randy Alcorn said this. This is so powerful to me. He says, you know, some people say that tithing is an Old Testament thing, and now that the law is gone, we don't have to do that anymore, and there's this whole new thing, okay? But he says this. He says, okay, so let me get this straight. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, before he shed his blood, before he was beaten and whipped and cursed and, and spit upon and gave his life in my place, the people gave 10%. And then now after Jesus comes and does all that, I'm going to give less? No, now I want there to be this generosity that flows from my heart. Like, look what my Savior's done for me. Look what God's done for me. Man, if I could honor him back with the finances, I want to do that. And I just want to show you what God says. Look at this. We're going to close up real quick. Are you ready? Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Listen what God says to us. These are promises that God has given to us. And listen, there are preachers who twist these promises and tell you you name and claim that Lamborghini. That is ridiculous. Okay? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the fruit, first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be first bursting with wine. God wants to provide for us. God's not like, I need your stuff and then I'm going to make you miserable and you will have nothing. God's, I'm a giving God. You want to try and not give me? Go ahead. Try and not give me. You watch how I provide for you. Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So God's like, hey, my, my house, my church, we're doing stuff. We need to be giving. We need to be sharing. We're, we're, we have food for physical food for bodies, but spiritual food for life. And thereby put me to the test, God says. It's the only time in the whole Bible God says, test me, by the way. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And I believe with all my heart that the blessing God pours out is not just financial. I believe with all my heart that the blessing God pours out is on our relationships and it's on our children and it's on our marriages and it's on our influence. Remember, the, the good eye in the body, the whole body is full of light. I think it impacts every area of our lives. We aren't just blessed financially when we give. We're blessed in so many ways. So listen, spend wisely, give generously, and watch God bless. I am never, I promise to you, ever going to pressure you to give a penny here. God is a giver. He's a provider. But man, what an invitation we're given and what wisdom I believe we walk in when we trust God with this area of our life. Did you see today money's not just a money issue. It's a heart issue. Did you see the link between money and anxiety? Did you see how disappointed we'll be in life when we're looking at the symbol? All we can see is the here and now. How disappointed when that's what we're living for. Do you see the amazing promises that God has given to us as we trust him with this area of our life? And man, what amazing things we can accomplish together as we go forward. You know, if I took all the money I could have saved, because I'm in on this, just so you know. My family, we are in on the tithe and the offering, offering, right? But if I took all the money I could have saved by not tithing and I put it in this hand, by not giving offering and I put it in this hand, Right? And I compared it with all that God has poured out in blessing on me in this hand. There is no comparison. I would have missed out on so much that God would give generously had I not trusted him in the first place. And man, I long for you and I to be healthy. I long for our finances to be good. I know a God who comes through even when the cesspool backs up or we made the dumb decision in the past. But man, going forward, let's spend wisely. Let's give generously. And let's as a church watch God bless the tithe and the offering 
And watch how he'll open up the heavens and pour out blessing. The good eye, the whole body is full of light. I believe God wants to bless you and I so much. Hear my heart in this. Know my love for you. I will not pressure you. And going forward, I believe our church is going to do amazing things. Amazing things in this community going forward. God has so much. Spend wisely. Give generously. Watch God bless. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the one that you've, oh God, you've said, hey, here's 100%. Lord, thank you for that, God. What amazing things, God, that most of us in the room are in the 95 to, the 90 to 95% tile worldwide uh, in, in wealth and things we have and opportunity, God. And Lord, that you would break that stinginess that we struggle with, that you'd break that anxiety that me, Doug Jansen, right here, that I struggle with because of financial stuff, Lord. And God, would you provide, if you're here today and you need provision, man. You need God to come through for you. Again, whether it wasn't your fault or it was. Can I pray for you right now? God, I want to pray for those watching online and here in the room that, man, they're just under it. They are under it. Their marriage has struggled or fallen apart because of this. Their whole world is the weight of finance. They, they are waking up in stress. They're going to sleep in stress. They're feeling the pain of it. And, and God, I just pray you'll come through. God, you come through. Please be merciful, Jesus. Like God, I would ask you to heal a sick person or I'd ask you to deliver somebody that's addicted to drugs today. Jesus, come through for the person that just needs grace, that needs a job, that needs um, just a, a loan forgiven, Jesus, that needs a car, that needs, Jesus, just a new opportunity. God, maybe they struggled in the past, but God, would you let it be a new hour for them, Lord? Come through for the family. Come through for the student today that is strapped by college debt, Lord. Come through, Jesus, for even the teen, God, that, Lord, is just longing, God, for your provision. I know teens in this church that are working to help support their family. Literally, that bread would be on the table. Jesus, come through for those families. God, let us be a light in our community. Thank you for those people you bring out to our food tables every Wednesday in the community, God. Jesus, I pray for us, Lord, that we'll spend wisely, Lord. I pray for the person today that Oh, God, we just struggle with this. Some of us are really gifted with this, and some of us really struggle with this. God, be with those of us who, man, our eyes just catch that shiny thing, man. That's all we can think about. Jesus, let there be a new way. God, wake us up at 5 a.m. in the morning and and know the day we're supposed to say no to the fence or whatever else might be coming our way, Lord. Jesus, I pray you'll unlock generosity in our hearts. Let there be a gift of faith today, a trusting that, God, there be a ton of new families that begin to tithe a ton of new families that begin to give the offering and that, Lord, we'd see how that good eye brings light to the whole body, that you would pour out blessing. Jesus, you said, test me in this area, oh God. So we come humbly and yet boldly and say, God, do your thing now. Do your thing. As we tithe and we give, we trust you're gonna build that building down the street and we believe for great things ahead and we thank you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, know the giving God that he is. He gave his life, held nothing back, was tormented and beaten and spit upon and placed upon a cross that your sin would be forgiven. He's a giver. He loves you. If you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me now. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for the giver that you are. Thank you that you care for me and that, Jesus, my relationship with you is based on all that you've given and nothing that I've earned. Thank you for your love. In your name I pray.